0: Welcome to the best of times and the worst of times. I'm James Doyle. And I'm David Poole. This is a podcast about learning stuff through business. And the things that happened in the past that were tough at the time and turned out to be the best thing that ever happened.
1: We set ourselves a challenge as two of the chattiest people we know to stop talking and do some listening. And the only way we could figure out how to do that was to invite some really interesting people to listen to.
0: I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) don't want to be quiet
1: (laughs) welcome to the latest episode of the best of time the worst of times um (laughs) Uh, we have a really exciting guest this week that we've been buzzing about since we Four managed weeks. to persuade you to come and join us. I mean, what was that like one, two pints? It took, it took a couple it of pints, a couple of drinks, but we managed to get him over the line. So, yeah, we're joined by John Hendry Pickup, the CEO
2: of Butlins. afternoon, folks. It's Nice to see you both. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for joining
0: us. So, John, welcome. So, first of all, can we just get a quick pitted history? Of your your career so far and sure. where you are now and what you're doing
2: so I've worked for I was gonna say 25 years but it's probably closer to 30 now in retail and consumer businesses so I started out after after university as a as a consultant from West Inns, but then I moved into retail food retail quite quickly after that yeah. I worked for Aldi and uh, I worked for Tesco uh, in the UK and in Europe and China and in the US for a little bit, uh, and then post then I was the COO for Travelodge. Then I ran uh, Pretzo as the CEO there, and then more recently uh, it's a wow. And
1: it is Pretzo, not Prezo. Well,
2: right? I, I remember having a conversation <laughs> on the way in with with my son, and loads of people call it Prezo, um, but he said, in, in, the, in the knowing way that you can do when you know everything and, and you're certain <laughs> of everything at 19, he said. Well, it's obviously prezzo, isn't it? <laughs> so, so you don't say pizza, do you? Like, yeah, okay, that's so true. Yeah, 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 he's yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. But Annoying and right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm still going to call it prezzo. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah. But it, it was, it was a, it was an Instagram campaign at one point.
1: Do you, you say prezzo? Do you say prezzo? It was, it was oh, was it really? That's okay. genius. Actually, yeah. Fab. And so, so Butlins is really exciting for me. Butlins was part of my childhood. Uh, as it is for many people everyone has that story don't they Mm. yeah most people yeah yeah it's it's a i don't want to use the word heritage brand but it's a brand which has heritage absolutely Um, it's a good solid british brand uh, and and,
2: and that's that's something i've always been quite keen on so if you look at the places that i've worked uh tesco uh, uh, travelers butlins i I like mass market stuff i like british brands you know i'd be no good at a Louis Vuitton type place. It's not really my gig. I'm from Blackpool, for God's sake. Um, so, <laughs> so, so, so that sort yeah. of thing works you, well for me. And that, and that bit about everyone has a story, it's really true. Because even yesterday, so uh, we, uh, we, we we did some charity work with a charity called Deborah, and the patron uh, the patron of Deborah is Graham Souness and talk to Graham he was doing his cross-channel thing wasn't he yeah yeah. that's right that's right amazing Uh, incredible moving story if you get a chance to have a look at what he does sure Um, he's a brilliant active patron for that charity and even he had a even he had a a butlin story he said I won the um I, I, I want the Beautiful Bodies competition for, for, for under tens, <laughs> which you'd never get to do now, obviously. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And then he talks about a donkey that, that kicked his leg that might have ended his football career and was considering whether he was going to sue me or not. <laughs> so, but, it, but it's brilliant. You see those, those stories of people whose friends, family, grandma, whatever, uh, happens all the time. And it's a really nice, joyful thing when you, when you listen to that. So
0: did you go there when you were younger?
2: Uh, from from Blackpool, there was, there was uh, the, the only Butlin's hotel was in Blackpool. It's now the Metropole Hotel, but that was uh, that was there. I even worked in Pontins, for around the corner for wow. a bit. There's was one of those there. Um, so, I, I guess just the, the British seafront has been something that I've I've literally grown up with. So, so yeah, it's just it's just part of part of what we all did.
0: So it's part of, you know, the UK's got a very Large coastline. I think they've sort of said that actually it's one of the longest in the world for the island because it's so craggy. Sure, but it is something that we should be proud of Absolutely. here. Yeah, yeah, you know. And are you, are you sort of seeing now that now that we've gone through COVID and the staycations back, are you kind of seeing that this is uh, something that's going to grow in the next few years? You know, more people travelling to the British coast, and not just Brits, but maybe people sure. coming from overseas. I,
2: I think. I think British people vacationing in the UK is is definitely on the up. But but then again, so is travel as a whole. So both travel from the UK overseas is growing and travel within the UK by British people is growing. I, I don't know about the inbounding bit because everyone goes to London and, and it's such no. a, it, let's face it, it's the world's global city, so the draw of there is, is massive. But from, from the point of view of us as Brits going on holiday in the UK, I think we saw that during COVID when we couldn't go anywhere. And I think a number of people have seen that now as a decent option for, for what it is that they do. And you see, you see a lot of people who do both, and that, that's really comfortable for us. So we've got a number of people who have their main family holiday in, in Spain or in France or something like that. Mm. And then they'll do a shoulder break, so say October half term or, or May half term, with, with us for three or four days. And that works really well. We're, we're, we're happy with that. At the moment, Brits spend about £52 billion a year on holidays and four out of every five pounds goes overseas and i'm really sad about that and i'd like people to spend a bit more time in the uk because we've got loads to offer
1: yeah a bit more of your fair share Uh, of that
2: yeah absolutely there's us within that but there are loads of different reasons for going to the coast Hmm. you know people who come to us go for a particular break type which is very much all action days and nights but loads of people go to the coast because they want to relax and explore they want to get away from it all and and I think the UK has got a real opportunity yeah. to do any of those things.
0: So it it kind of think we sat here nodding and agreeing with that because if you look at the coast, it seems to have, and, and the, the whole British holiday vacation. Yeah. We're going American or UK here, but but it does feel that actually we've managed to shed that old image of it being you know kiss me quick hats and little handkerchief like hats and all that and, and, and like the string vest, and now it's actually become you know quite a nice experience almost a bit national trusty in the way you can go and have a nice walk at any time of the year or or spend time on the beach god knows the summers are getting warm enough here aren't they so is this something that you're doing as well with butlins because it's still sort of very much part of our our history and heritage you know well it's yours but we kind of as brits we all feel we've got part
2: of it remember it was only i think it was the mid 80s yeah when blackpool stopped being the busiest tourist resort in europe Really, which is which is mad when I look yeah. at I think it. Was, it was Eighty-four, something like that. Yeah. Um, so therefore, we've always had a tendency towards British people going on British holidays by the coast. Mm. And whilst there are some really beautiful areas of the coastline and there are some quite posh places to go, I think there's also a range for everybody. And from our perspective and what we do with Butlins. We're still very proudly mass market, and you yeah. see that with the towns as well. So when you look at Bognor, when you look at Skegness, when you look at Minehead, though, those are places that are accessible for everybody. And you know, certain people might classify it as, as the Kiss Me yeah. Quick and the donkeys and all of that type of stuff, but it is a traditional seaside type of venue. Well,
1: yeah. Uh, well, that 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 brings me on to a question that I, I wanted to ask you. We we were having a chat a few weeks ago, and one of the things I observed and I didn't have to look that hard to see it was that you, you seemed resolutely clear on what Butlins is and what it stands for. And that you're not going to allow that to be deviated from. Okay, so we are Butlins, don't you ever dare forget it. This is what we are. So let's go and be brilliant at that, which, which was like, ah, fantastic. (laughs) But my thought then was, has it ever been thus? Have you always had, or has the business always had that clarity of vision? Um, in your time
2: Uh, it's a a really great question it was one of the things that I wanted to understand very clearly first of all when I got there and it's not not just an intuitive thing although I think when you talk about it it becomes quite obvious and quite common sense that that's what we're about Uh, but it definitely wasn't at first and I think over time in 90 year history of the business Mm. you're going to get periods of time where things are great and things are not great and Billy, when he started the business back in '36, was a real visionary, and he was a risk taker, and he was an entrepreneur. So he was the he was the first guy to bring Dodgems to the UK. He had the first um, he had the first um, uh, commercial monorail uh, that, that that customers were able to use. Um, if you look at where his learnings came from, it came from Canada and his life there about what what a, what a seaside resort for families ought to look like. And he was a brilliant marketer as well. So his his slogans around things like a week's holiday for a week's wages back in the late 40s yeah, wow. was was very clearly focused on this is a clear message, it's accessible, it's things that you can do, it's aspirational. Uh, and I think he had a very clear understanding about what he was trying to do with Butlins. I think over time that, that probably varied and probably changed. And some of it was environmental, so you look at, uh, cheap package holidays to europe that became a big thing in the 70s and the 80s in particular uh, and i don't think that butlins or, or many other seaside locations uh, companies uh, towns even were able to to deal with that so well i think that started to come back but from from our point of view when i first got there i really wanted to understand what, what is butlins about and what billy stood for was very clear well, the business stood for at the time wasn't so obvious to me because i saw a few contradictory things that sat within there and so we did a very detailed uh, mission-based segmentation so it was a it was a load of quant work followed by some qualitative work as well to try to make sure that we were clear on what the size of the market was what it was that we stood for what we had permission to do from our guests what they didn't want us to do and so as a consequence of that that took about nine months worth of worth of work it got us to a really clear point of understanding both for family breaks and for the big weekenders what guests wanted and what they didn't want so that that made it much much easier to be very confident with what we stood for
1: and and when you had that clarity was the outcome to it was obviously clearly to focus on what you do well that yeah. was one of the outputs of that to stop doing some stuff that you shouldn't be doing
2: oh uh, yeah definitely okay and and some of that was the prime management team who, who looked after the business, and I, I sort of understand this, had been, had been deflected a bit by, right, what, what are we going to be about? And it's quite a hard exercise to, to, to reconcile that when, when you've gone the wrong way for, for a while. I think they also got a bit distracted by Centre Parks, which is understandable because Centre Parks is an excellent business. It's it's an adjacency. It's not a it's
1: similar but different, right? Yeah, absolutely yeah. right.
2: It's a it's a UK short stay break, but so are many things, and and they do something quite different with their mission, which is why I wanted to make sure we focused on mission rather than on demographic, because I think demographic is a bit uh, retro, is is quite dated and definitely has yeah. limitations now. now. Now that we have perfect information through internet and so on, th- the way people behave is not the same as what it used to be based on whether you were, were white-collar and you drove a particular type of car, you always did these things. It just doesn't happen anymore. So we definitely stopped doing things that were demographic-based, and we focused very much on the mission type of the people who were coming. We definitely stopped doing things that were about premiumization, which had been what was happening around the focus on centre parks. So, the team previously premiumized a bunch of accommodation, they'd premiumised some of the restaurants but the guests haven't given us permission for any of that. I actually had a conversation internally at one point where somebody said, we've built the restaurant for the guests that we want to come. Not the ones I was about that to say, yeah, stop, yeah, stop
1: yeah. building a product that the senior leadership team would appreciate, yeah. right?
2: And, and, and lots of businesses, certainly consumer facing businesses make that mistake because as a senior leadership team, people are not necessarily their demographic. And if you're, if you're a mass market product, you need to make sure you understand that and what that is about.
0: So we saw this with um, other businesses in the UK. So Gatwick Airport is, is probably a real similar example, the only one that I can think of that's this close. And when they were refurbishing the airport some years ago, maybe over 10 years ago, they'd had an interim COO, and he decided that he wanted all the retailers to be premium, high-end, luxury brands, etc. And then the management team changed, and these guys came in and said, look, you know, they're, they're exactly what you said, they were building for customers they would like to have, but ultimately we don't have that many business class passengers. We're a holiday airport. And we want people want mm. the regular news stores and yeah. food stores, and they want to be quick. And then you get the business types that just want to get through in the shortest space possible. So, yeah. it, it, and it's
1: it's it's not Five Guys, it's Burger King, it's not Franco Manca, it's Pizza Hut. Well, you know, yeah, it's, it's the populist view, and it, it's it's it is interesting rather the, whole, than the aspirational. Yeah, one. yeah, right.
0: And it's that knowing your mission rather than your demographic. To to arrive at that point, to know that you're focused on your mission and clearly the customer. Um, there's got to be some learnings along the way in your career there. So we we call the podcast Best of Times, Worst of Times. And the reason for that, John, is that Dave and I have figured out that some of the worst things that happened to us in our careers previously were dreadful at the time, but actually that was what later became one of the great things, you know, one of the best learnings that we had. Knowing your focus on the customer and this, this, this refreshing notion towards vision, notion, I think, or the absolute, what were the worst of times or a worst of time for you that... That looking back now is 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 quite good and shaped this thinking.
2: So uh, there are a couple of bits that come to mind. One was about me and what I did, and one was about somebody that I worked for and how I how I respond to that. So so, so the first one was um, early days. I worked at Aldi. Yeah. Uh, it's a great business, growing very quickly. I, I still think it's a fantastic business now. And. I got promoted quite quickly and at the time the business was expanding rapidly so those sort of things happened but I was definitely into a role earlier than I was ready for More. and as a consequence I I think I approached it in, in totally the wrong way and I made loads of mistakes and I got a ton of things wrong pretty much everything wrong I think if I look back on that first period of time and if I've written a list of all the things that I ought to do wrong I think I probably did all of them yeah. and 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 some of that's experience, some of that's ego, some of that's uh trying to demonstrate how great I am at what I'm doing. And that 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 went really wrong. Mm. And the difficulty is when you do that in a high profile role, which is what I was doing at the time, then it's quite difficult to come back from that when it's obvious that you've got stuff wrong. And I and I didn't really. It was it was unfortunate because then I I curtailed my trajectory in the business and that probably was the start of the end of my time there. So so I think the key, key learning from me from from that perspective was when you're putting somebody in a role you've got to set them up for success. You've got to make sure they're ready to do that, you've got to test that quite hard and you've got to stay close to them when they're in that role first or even if it's in quite a senior position. So, so I learned a lot from that about how I approach things in the future, how I how I worked with the team that I that I had and, and my approach to them as well because that was very much, I know all the answers, I'm going to leave from the front, I'm going to tell you all what to do it, it's it, 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 it never works well particularly yeah. when you're 25 and you don't really know a lot so, yeah. so, so that that was that one and I think that the second one that, that really stuck with me for a while was that it felt to me for a period of time I was working with somebody who's new into the business that I was in who um, who, 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 I really didn't gel with. Mm. And I, there are people that I've worked with in the past where we all have different personalities and we haven't always been best mates, but we've figured out a way to work together and this was very difficult because we didn't. And, and I think because we're not sociopaths generally, yeah. then you worry about these things. I you worry if there's not. something wrong with you, there's mm. something that, you know, am, am I you know I'm I really any good at what I'm doing do I know anything about what I'm doing for a period of time that caused a lot of sleepless nights and I think that 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 learning as well about you know making sure that you're able to check yourself and checking with people that you trust about what you're doing mm. and and being confident enough in, in discussions to say look, this is this is what I'm experiencing with the person that you're working for um, is, um, is really important and also and this is easy to say difficult to do at times when job security is probably worse than it's been before. If it's not working for you and you're unhappy I think it's quite important to check out and move. Completely and agree. Have the, have the confidence to do that.
0: That's kind of tricky when I think certainly for when you're younger as well isn't it because you, you, you know, we've got this notion that we should be making a life where we go off and we, we buy houses and cars and even in the gig economy you know everything is all about income and moving up and, and that's kind of tricky but then I don't know, the the point comes where you suddenly do think about things, that your work life does matter. You know, we talk about work-life balance, but exactly as you said there, it's that when do you take all those learnings and apply them in a way where actually you can really enjoy your work. And and you're right, John, you know, I think we all know people that we just generally wouldn't get on with. But it doesn't mean they're bad at their job or we're bad at our job. Sometimes it just doesn't gel. Mm -hmm. And you have to recover from that, right? Yeah.
2: yeah. I can't help but if you're if you're somebody who tends to have a bias for action and you're accountable for the stuff that you do, you automatically take that type of thing personally. And that was very hard. Yeah. And it took a little while to, to get my head around the fact that, that sometimes this stuff just happens. The advice that you give other people when it's obvious from the outside, you don't necessarily take well yourself. Uh, when when you're giving it to yourself so
0: it's always so much easier
1: externally but it's it's, it's that moment and I think a lot of people get it it tends to come later in life with wisdom and old age and having been around the block a few times but I think you realize the value in the value in things isn't in what you get it's in what you do Mm -hmm. right it's it's the doing it takes a while to realise that the watch and the car and the house are largely inconsequential. You yeah,
2: know. you you move through that into, and I, I, I don't think that's just necessarily an age thing. I think we've seen it post global financial crisis about how people consume stuff in their lives. Mm-hmm. That there, there was a big shift at the time away from people prioritising spending on things and instead spending on experiences. So so you see it again now. Yeah. Okay. The extreme post. Recent batch of inflation that we've had is that um, during a cost of living crisis, the the holiday comes first, and then I might buy the fridge or I might change the car or something like that. So, yeah, so how people spend time with their friends or their family or or whatever it happens to be has remained a a real focal point for for most families and most individuals.
0: Yeah, it's, it's to resonate with that, we see that over on supply chain and particularly around global trade at the minute so well everyone thinks it's always got to be cheaper and quicker which is something David and I talk about a lot actually we're beginning to see a bit more conscious spending I think so even though we have a cost of living crisis and you're right you know we see people spending the money on experiences even when they are making an item purchase they're being a lot more considered on that and and cheapest doesn't always win right. you, you know so I think that's actually probably a little bit too early to say because you know it's 2023 we're coming into christmas and you know things are still pretty tight for many people Absolutely. but it is a probably a, a strong indicator of where society's at now and for the next five years which is only going to be good for Butlins. and well,
2: the the nice thing is with what we do you, I, I see a lot of conversations around how people are changing their spending patterns uh, what happens next with uh, with with Digital retail versus physical retail, and, and how that's going to evolve. Um, wh- where is AI going to come into this, and what what's that going to do to things? From our point of view, something that will always stay in place is that people value their leisure time. Yeah. And where we get our highest scores is when people mention and comment on the interaction they have with some of our team. And that and that matters a lot. So that's making memories. That making that that level of interaction that they have. Is something that sticks with them, and, you, and you're not going to AI that out. I wouldn't have no, no. thought to. this might not age well because there may be a solution. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But so if, physically if, being
1: on holiday, if that's been developed afterwards, then yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, what yeah. a prescient lack of observation John had. It's in true, it is true. It's <laughs> true. It's, it's so AI isn't the future, but you know, close to be to our
0: you know, internet overlords, but it, you know, John, it, it's completely true because I think if we look in the private equity markets right now in the space where I'm sat right now, um. There's a lot of investment has been made into tech companies, but it's stopped. Particularly the AI buzz is now, in my mind, over, and they're all looking at infrastructure. That's the big thing, airports, seaports, holiday ports, and the gradual realization has now taken over that people don't live on data. You know, we live on food and experiences and basic needs, clothing and things like that. So actually, the holiday, the downtime, becomes more important than ever, so AI is a tool. Well help but anyway so interjection for myself there is something I really want to oh, ask you, have you got a question for over, just yeah. a quick Go one for, yeah, so, yeah. So,
1: so again you were talking earlier on about accountability and responsibility Um, and I guess some people might meet you and think well you've, you've got a job which is responsible for giving I think 19,000 people when you're at full occupancy mm-hmm. responsible for giving them you know, one of the best sets of memories that they're ever going to have but they're also sleeping under your roof every night. Does that ever flash across your mind from a responsibility perspective? That that you know you you want to give everybody all this fun, but you also want them all to go home in the same shape that they arrived. <laughs> you know, albeit slightly lighter in the wallet, I imagine.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think so. Nobody br- nobody brings cash anymore, so weight doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh yeah, it 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 can do, uh, and. The only reason i hesitate on that is because the the danger is if you think about scale you end up talking yourself out of doing anything whereas actually if i take the safety aspect of it first and foremost which is the number one thing that we have to do before we do anything else the best way to look at that is just per individual unit of things that we do so for example are are we checking all of the fire doors and yeah. how, have we made sure our PPM schedule works for the lifts and, and things like that so actually from, from my point of view on, on safe and legal the things that we want to focus on are the bottom up uh, moment by moment inputs and if we get that right if I know that we're spending time on those things and I've got the, the level of expertise that we've got in the business who will, who will manage that day by day that Gives me right, cause yeah. to actually
1: sleep. So you avoid the big events by having those micro-interactions Completely. of the process all I the think, time. I think,
2: with, I think with safety, and certainly safety of infrastructure and safety of people, that's that, that's the critical way through, is to make sure that those those individual, for a better description, boring, do this, do this, do this, tasks are actually in place. Yeah. Like that, then, then you can sleep. The, the, the only bit that gives me sleepless nights is when I don't know what's going on on certain things. Right. And, and if I feel like I'm in the position where I'm, am not, not aware of whether we're doing things in the right way, that that would worry me, and I d- and I don't have that with with, so, with safety and infrastructure. Okay, it's it's,
0: it's actually really assuring to hear that. So I, I I don't know if you've read the book that's recently been released about a top tier consultancy, and they talk about fairground rides in that, and they they've gone into these right. uh, an amusement park and they said hey we don't actually have these accidents on this roller coaster so you don't need to check it eight times a day and they're like that's the reason why we don't have accidents so they made a recommendation to scale back and change shifts and yeah. a year later what happens there's a, a major fault which was nearly fatal yeah. so it's th- so actually hearing that from your perspective knowing that those are the kind of things that keep you up at night I think if I'm going somewhere like that you know on holiday in a hotel or even with an airline this is this is really what you want people to be
1: staying up for i was was helping somebody structure their new board monthly board meeting a few weeks ago and they said what what functions do i need there i clearly need finance there and i need sales i need marketing i need operations ai i was like okay (laughs) yeah yeah i was like where's where's hr where's health and safety and they said oh do they need to come i'm like no they need to be the first thing on every agenda because then they never get bumped they never get if they ever run great nothing comes before that and I was so pleased to see the agenda and it was like yeah health and safety update the numbers the audit all of that is the first half an hour of every single monthly board meeting a because it's important be it casts the right shadow and it gets all of the senior leadership team understanding their respective responsibilities as well um but yeah not everybody has that mindset so um no it's, anyway. it's good yeah don't.
0: your so, question so people that do watch this podcast know that David and I like uh, we've got a, a, a tendency to talk about gigs and musicians and bands and all that. So what I want you to do, John, is to tell us right here, right now, see what I did.
1: <laughs> Very
2: good. Nice.
0: About all back to minehead.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, that that was uh, that was a, a brilliant first experience because I went to the first one that we did with Norman Cook last year.
0: So Norman Cook's Fatboy Slim for oh, those that don't know. Yeah. Slim, for yeah. those
2: Who, who don't know? Interesting enough, that that was a. It was a really stressful decision for our Ensign leisure team because previously o- on the same weekend we'd had a Madness Weekender for ten years in a row, and that's a that's a very specific audience. It had worked mm. extremely well for us, and it had also probably run its course uh, at that stage. And so we were looking at where to go next. And there's no obvious right. Just look at Madness. They, they've been around for a while. Is there a younger more contemporary version of manners. well there isn't, they're, they're, they're mm. pretty uh, pretty much a unique uh, prospect yeah. so we have to then look into the the, the the universe and okay so what what's appropriate for us, what works, how, how do we make things happen how do we also expand our audience uh, whilst at the same time not putting in something that's too niche, because if we get these weekenders wrong we, we're we still paying for all of this so yeah. You still pay for all yeah. of the team that are there. You still pay for the cost for the artists and, and the, the AV yeah. and, and. You can't
1: take any cost it. out of it, right?
2: Absolutely not. Well, also, if you if you're if you put this out there and you market it and you get a 50% occupancy, well, you're you're in a bit of trouble. Um, yeah. it, it, if you put it out there and it and it sells like like pretty, oh, fantastic. Then that then that goes well. So there was a degree of nervousness because we had nothing to compare this to in terms of <laughs> what else we did anywhere else so we, we were all sat quite worried when we put it on sale at first and
1: was, was it a was it a friday morning 10 o'clock watching the numbers slide? refresh really? refresh yeah, okay.
2: it was a th- it was a thursday actually but it <laughs> was, it, we, we we put it out there in the morning and our head of revenue who's been with the business for a long time was focused on this and he said okay well as as long as we've done um, about 60,000 in sales by the end of the first weekend we're probably okay. So from Thursday morning to the end of Sunday night, if we do, if we do the, the, that much in sales by, by that
1: point. That's your indicator of probably he, gonna be all right. He, yeah. he, because
2: of the demand curves you've seen on other breaks, he thinks then we, we can probably make this work. So, so everybody's sat <laughs> around, looking, looking slightly nervous and then uh and, and then it clicked on and then it clicked off again immediately and then back on and then off again immediately i'm like what's going on here and um we did about we did sixty thousand in sales in about 35 minutes wow um, which is not glastonbury pace but from our point of view i was like amazing so so this looks like it's going to work but interesting enough we then see a pattern where further down the line the demand was amazing at first and it's from Norman's loyal audience yeah. and then the challenge is that that hit a ceiling for us for, for a period because he is quite specific and it's not normally what we would do so we then have a different challenge to face which is a unique uh, demand curve for this particular type of break which we which we then have to figure through for this year but of course we managed to do that, he's been back there again this year, it's gone really well and um, and hopefully it'll become a good part
1: of our repertoire oh. so, so it sounds like in the space of about 30 minutes you went from i'm not sure we're doing the right thing to rebook it for next year immediately right yeah
2: and, and that was that was the immediate conversation what other things can we do that are of this same nature but then within four weeks or so we're, we're going vertically in terms of sales and then it stops because you you've hit the audience that's very very loyal to him then where do we go and yeah. you have to then explore new territory which we which we Which we hadn't seen on other ones. So, so, so putting new things on is first of all vital because you want to keep the, uh, you want to keep the innovation up. You want to keep stretching your audience to to the right space, but also it comes with a whole set of risks and challenges that, you know, we we screw up a weekend badly because we put something on that say get that that tanks, and we lose half a million quid in a weekend yeah that, that, that's that's very difficult to recover and you, you're
1: really right so that lightning in a bottle thing's really yeah, interesting yeah. especially with live music so i won't name the band because um <laughs> people who know me will be able to figure it out but but we staged uh, we booked four nights across two weekends so when you say we this was uh... at the hmv empire in coventry music venue and It was an exciting reunion, my God, they're back. We knew we could fill four nights, but there were reasons why we couldn't put the second two nights on Mm. in that moment. We sold out the first night and the second night in about six minutes. Wow! And we could see the demand would have sold the third and fourth in the next 10 minutes, but we couldn't for 10 days. 10 days later, the zeitgeist had collapsed. The the, the moment, the FOMO that I've got to moment had collapsed. So we never had the fourth show. But the third show, which we could have sold out in 10 minutes, took about nine months to fill. Right. Because we had missed that phone. That, that absolute key key opportunity. People are yeah.
2: emotional beings on there, they get excited. You're going,
1: us. we're going. Are you booking? We're going, you're going. Let's all go. We're all going, right? Yeah. We, and yeah. Oh. Yeah. and then it's that almost buyer's remorse. Oh, we i have gone now. Know. Or indeed, yeah. So we, we It's we, not a priority.
0: It's, it's funny actually we did that recently we were looking at an event over in the States at the Red Rocks Stadium right. and the tickets came on sale and then um, and then we actually realized at the time the tickets were no- nothing about price. and I thought uh, we don't know where we're gonna be living next year so actually this, <laughs> might, be, this might be a little bit premature that said that said and I, and I think the name of your event John is genius all back to minehead is brilliant that said we have committed that whether we're overseas or not or <laughs> whether we're here we're coming to Butlin's that Excellent. week, I am that's not missing Norman Cook. Well, and it is, I've seen him live on YouTube. I'm not me personally, I've never seen him live, mm-hmm. but when he was on YouTube, and he just looks like someone who really enjoys it. And if that's the spirit that Butlin's is going to be now, yeah. that's great. Yes.
2: I, I'll, I'll, I'll travel for that. He, he, yeah, we talk about accountability, he really brought himself to bear on that weekend so. A number of things aside from being a really nice bloke, he he was you know he's delightful with the team. Um, he was he was brilliant to be around. He also really committed hard to the weekend. So the the first weekend he did, he said right I, I want to DJ at some point over the weekend in every venue. Brilliant. So he has he has um, you know he, he has he has all these names that he DJs under. So he did that across every venue. So he DJed in the swimming pool at one point. Um, Amazing. Because he did a pool party, so he DJed in there, but also he on the first day when we're doing our drive-through check-in and everybody's arriving he stood in the check-in with the with the check-in <laughs> team brilliant checking people in he's done a letter for everybody for the room um so yeah uh, he owned it Right, in, owned uh, it. walked up and down and saw everybody and he's his, his crowd are a lovely crowd so yeah he's he's out wandering through the resort and somebody says yeah. oh no can i have an autograph on this picture so, yeah of course he has a chat with them because he does that he talks to everybody he's great and uh, signing this picture, and then suddenly uh, everybody forms this orderly queue. think just in the middle. Yeah, no scrum. <laughs> no, no scrum.
1: It's
2: like, <laughs> this is this is so super nice. You've got a load of these people who, rather than mobbing it, were just stood in a nice, polite but line. You, right, brilliant. But
0: you go brilliant. all the way back to that thing about more about the mission, less about the demographic. And I'm thinking yeah. about all the mates that I've got who'd want to go in there. Married couples, and yeah. pilots, and we've got uh, you, you, you know lawyers and. Yeah you Know all sorts of people, you know, and, and they're just like one guy I know who owns a coffee shop, he'd love that. Him and his wife would be straight in there, yeah, so and it's, it's family's lovely far, because right? I
1: imagine you've yeah, got yes. o- Shelly's occupied by families at these weekends where it's a you know, OG ravers with their kids, and well, they, yeah, know.
2: they do. They're, there are no little kids, so there's no no, no, but under 18, 18 but over uh, 18, 18 sorry, yeah. absolutely. And um, and people will go with their with their grown up kids, yeah. um, yeah. and and the nice thing. This is, this is where the benefit of mission focus as opposed to demographic focus works because because we, we're, a, we're a broad church. We get people from across the UK and that's where we want to be. We want to be super accessible in what we do. We want, to, we want it to be a brand for everybody if you want to do that. And if your mission is, I want to be very outgoing, very sociable, all action, days and nights, loads going on, you know, let my hair down, not worrying about what it is that I'm doing or what anybody else is doing, then we can do that, both with yeah. the, big, the big weekenders for music and darts and whatever else, Oktoberfest and all the yeah. other things that we do, and we can do it for families as well. Yeah. But if you're, if you're somebody who says, you know what I like, I, 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 like, the, I like the Four Seasons, I like, a, I like a cabana, I like somebody to deliver my food to my poolside, I like looking around and seeing what, what other super designer swimwear other people are wearing around the pool, and I can be a bit judgy on that there's nothing wrong with that Gemified, not, yeah. there's no there's no judgment from me on that I, I, that's that's absolutely fine people work hard for their money they can do what they want but we're not that no. and nor will we ever be that. No. that that's not what we're here to do we, we do other stuff and and I think it's really important to understand what your doing list is and your not doing list is you need to yeah. be able to write down this is a list of great ideas but we're not doing them. Or this is a list of stuff that you could do um, as part of your proposition but that's not us. Yep. We're over here and we're, we're this. And the good thing from, from my point of view is part of that mission-based segmentation work that we did, we did market sizing and the market sizing for this is massive. It's mm. you know it's a, it's a billion and a half a year that people spend on these things and we are at the moment on holiday sales we're, we're somewhere around 200 million so therefore for us to grow a bit it doesn't mean we have to take over the whole market the market will grow we will grow happy days brilliant so brilliant so so it's sensible
1: fantastic so to round things off we we really want to get the measure of you so all of that (laughs) insight you've shared with us is all well and good but um we call these our smash it questions and and the first one is in your opinion what's the greatest album of all time
2: See, this is a really hard question because it, I think it applies to different people. At I different think you should say so.
1: Beach Boutique, Norman
2: Cook. <laughs> 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 yeah, be careful. Who would think you want a book? Right? For, for, me, for, me, for me, it's the first Stone Roses album because it has... Two, two out of three. Two, two, three two, three now, recorded, yeah. two out of three. Podcasts
1: recorded, two out of three. Correct answer
0: is the Stone Roses <laughs> first <laughs> yeah. album. Well done. So John Acton. Uh, yep.
2: Yeah, John Very Acton, good. yeah. It, it, so it, was a, it was a timing thing for me. I was 17 uh, when when that was about. I... I went to see them in oh they 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 were playing the the reception of Preston Guildhall and um, uh, and, and Ian Brown kept bashing his head on those those fake tiles that were okay, there, yeah, and, yeah. There, and there were only about 250 people there and within within what felt like 2 seconds they were suddenly playing 3000 5000 10000 yeah. venues. It, 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 brilliant. it was it was that year for me and it and it stuck and uh, I still think it's a brilliant album. Brilliant. He still, it is timeless. he still can't sing. He still can't oh, sing. He's the, he but never but could, album, but,
1: album, but it's, I totally
0: agree. It's funny, actually, on the drive down here, I was listening to Ian Brown's Fear. Probably the cleverest song ever made, right?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, all the most yeah. simple. It's, it's difficult to simple, work yeah, out, yeah, for sorry. sure. Sorry, okay. Um, greatest movie of all time, in your opinion?
2: See, also super hard. My kids give me grief for this one, but the best movie ever made was The Exorcist.
0: Okay. Oh, okay, yeah. And, okay. Yeah. Just in
2: terms of what they did with it and how they did it. The original. The original. Yeah, the 70s yeah. was a, an amazing era for, yeah. for psychological horror films, and you know you think about The Shining, and it yeah. it, it, it was brilliantly done, and it, it it changed the dynamic of how that that genre worked. I'm, I'm not a big horror fan, but I just think that it got yeah. I talk to the kids about this, and they think I'm an idiot, but but it's uh it's it's a brilliant film.
0: Cool. So about TV I mean the one I always like is favourite TV series
2: so I still think my favourite TV series even though there have been some recently which have been brilliant I still think my favourite TV series is The Wire
0: oh okay, that's great good choice
2: which which is excellent I never got into The Sopranos I know that probably makes me a minority because I've heard it's it's awesome I'm I'm
0: with with you on that that. I got halfway through season 2 and it Right. didn't quite gel yeah, yeah.
2: But, but the wire i thought was brilliantly done yeah. really really fantastically done I mean, even yeah. recently you see things like i guess what challenges it for me is probably succession <sighs> um, which, oh, which, so is, which yeah. is spectacular yeah yeah um and, and you hate everybody but you find yourself rooting for certain people because you hate them slightly less <laughs> who's, who's um, the least horrific of it, these it's people it's true it's true every single one of them and, that, and that's completely madness but it's it's brilliant writing so that's probably the closest i ever got to saying it's not the wire it's something else
1: and and final question from us as somebody who you might not have thought about yourself in this way maybe Mm. you have but as as one of the hosts of the one of the most successful music event hosting guys in the UK these days um yeah best gig you've ever been to
2: so the there are ones that are the most memorable. So I remember being at uh, Whitley Bay Ice Rink to watch um, the Happy Mondays, which was absolute oh, madness. Yeah. And Donovan was supporting you. <laughs> <one record. laughs> I remember that tour he was completely, he was completely done for really at the time. And the audience were fine for like thirty seconds, then they got really bored. So that was probably the, that was, that was probably the weirdest. Um, I, I struggled to get past seeing the Rolling Stones. Who I saw at, uh, I saw at the O two, and just the quality of their music and even now mick jagger's voice is so astonishing for somebody in their 70s that level of resonance and 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 the, the standard of, of what they deliver live i just think is mind-blowing yeah they're, they're they're almost impossible to beat i think
1: so you, you know a very quick story then i've got a dash um so, you, so donovan has two daughters and one of them married sean Ryder, <laughs> right and the other one married paul Ryder. And oh, so no. you know, the, the statement has always been: you know, to lose one daughter to the Happy Mondays is reckless, <laughs> <laughs> but to lose two <laughs> is bloody <laughs> careless. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs>
2: and it's not like, let's face it, looking at Sean, he didn't age well, did he? he
1: no, uh, no.
2: He looks like something from Lord of the Rings these days. Yeah, <laughs> a bit,
1: bit chaotic, bit chaotic. John, thanks a million for joining us. Brilliant, really yeah. enjoyed. That it was it. great. Yeah. And um, looking yeah. forward to
0: 2024, all back to Minehead then. Yeah, now yeah. Minehead, yeah. yeah, counts in.
1: That concludes another episode of the Best of Times, Worst of Times podcast. If you haven't done so already,
0: hit that subscribe button. And also give us a thumbs up, some feedback, share in the comments, tell your friends, and we'll see you on the next episode. Goodbye from James. Goodbye from David.